You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to this week's episode of Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is hosted by me, Joe Hakeem, and I'm joined by Nick Britsky of Nick Drinks, Jason Leinert of the Detroit Optimist Society, and Vato of the Hungry Dudes. We are joined each episode by workers, leaders, and analysts of the hospitality industry. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like or dislike what you hear, write a review. We love hearing from our listeners. You can visit Herd at HerdPodcast.com, follow Herd on Twitter and Instagram at HerdPodcast, and like Herd Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and now here's this week's episode of Herd. friends welcome to herd your food beverage and hospitality podcast we have a full table today this is crazy i lies. know lies well it's it's mostly full now there's a chair right across from me that is empty it's true you are no one can this is as full as it's been in in, in, in the in the past uh <laughs> i see an empty chair <laughs> few an weeks empty crutch it's for jesus um so tiny tim vato's here Nick is here. Nick is going to talk about uh, his award show coming up this Sunday mm-hmm. at the Detroit Shipping Company. The Golden Jigger Awards this is the second year. Yeah. It's going on. It is one of the sponsors. He brought some rum with him. It's a uh, Nativo rum. This is a 20-year Panamanian rum. Panamanian. Panamanian. All right. And then our special guest is the owner of Rebel Cycle Studio, Dr. Amy Ladowick. Hello. Hi, Hello. Amy. Uh, Amy has the distinction of being the first doctor we've had on the show. Well, I really? Mean, we, yes. Nice. We, um, we did have Dr. Love on here. What? They call me oh. Was that an actual doctor? <laughs> no. <laughs> I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express once. Oh, okay. Jesus. <laughs> well, some people say that about me. They say, you're not a real doctor. You're not a doctor. I'm like, I, no, I'm a legit doctor. Well, a- Amy's joining <laughs> us as a, in the capacity. So she's a, a, a doctor of uh, English. Yes. Yes. So... um. Her capacity today will be as uh, the owner of Rebel Cycle Studio, a certified group fitness instructor with the American Council on Exercise, and a, she's a certified personal trainer, the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and actually, before we get started with Nick, um, uh, Amy uh, on Facebook um, this past week uh, made a comment that I said would be the title of this episode. Titles of these, these episodes, I usually spend a good 20 minutes after every episode trying to think of a title. Um, Amy thought of this week's title. The title of this episode will be Fuck Diets, Lift Stuff, Sweat. Dun, dun, dun. That will be the title, and we will talk about all of that stuff after we talk about the Golden Jigger Awards. Excellent. Nick? Yes. So last year they were at Will Show Bar. This year they're at Shipping Company. Correct. Um, why the move? Um, I, my, my thought was always to move it around to different venues. Okay. Be, that kind of helps us remain agnostic since any of the venues could be a winner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was kind of part of the move. Uh, I also thought that we outgrew Willis a little bit. We were kind of like bursting at the seams. You were, you were there, you were on yep. camera. Yep. So this year we actually took over the top floor of shipping company. So it's kind of cool because the public can still come in the first floor and eat the food and they could watch the show. But then we'll be upstairs doing the show. We'll have the cameras. We'll have uh, the photographer, the uh, actually award show, the musicians, and it should be a lot of fun. 
And, and that increases your capacity for ticket sales? Yeah. So in theory, we can get up to 300. Okay. I think that's a little optimistic. Uh-huh. Um, we're at, um, you know, kind of the the high tens right now. <laughs> um, so because there's like a couple different apps that are like, because um, they're maintaining ticket sales. So I'm kind of, you know, judging based on their numbers that they're giving me. Okay. So it's it's tough to kind of give up control, but I've had to do that a little bit. Uh, but we've we've vastly expanded our crew, so the live video coverage will be even bigger. We actually have a nine-person crew that's going to be doing the video, the stream, the social, uh, the audio, the cameras. So um, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, we have producers that'll kind of be help moving around the talent and the the winners. So like different uh, so quote unquote local celebrities will be um, uh, presenting the awards, and uh, yeah, we'll actually be giving out the awards that night. They'll actually have the. Um, all the etched names like on the awards, so it'll actually they'll be able to take it home, which will be cool. Uh, we changed up the design a little bit last year. It was kind of a plaque with a, a golden jigger you could like pull off. Mm-hmm. This year, now it's a marble base that has like a raised jigger on top of it, and it's laser etched on the marble. The winner, so uh, upgraded sounds a little like a bit. Big deal, yeah. So it's yeah, like a real thing. It's qu- quite an honor. Well, I don't know if you guys saw the awards that they gave out for the cocktail classic. Those were actually etched crystal. Nice. So I kind of felt like I had to up my game and not uh-huh. do my little kind of uh, bowling trophy-esque awards, even though they are still kind of bowling-esque. Are, are you doing the etching yourself? We're um, I3 Detroit. They're yeah. a, a place that I used to be a part of. They have a laser okay. etcher. So um, we're, we have a member that's going to help us do that. Okay. And uh, we're going to make those on Thursday night. So probably when you're listening to this, I'm making trophies. Uh, and, and so the awards, you've added new awards this year? We've added and changed. So a couple awards didn't get a lot of interest from the public because they were very, almost too industry specific. Okay. So we did best rep. And that means a lot to people in the industry, but it doesn't mean a lot to the public. Uh-huh. So I kind of tried to toe the line a little bit and expand it into a couple more categories that made a little more sense, like best coffee program, best... Um, uh, you know, best distillery of the year, best um, be, uh, brewery of the year, things like that. Okay. And then we pulled back some of the things that are a little more confusing, like uh, best national product launch, like non-Michigan national product launch. Right. It's a little specific. Uh-huh. We just made best product launch. Okay. You know, best controversy of the year? No, but we're definitely talking about that. <laughs> that'll actually be a recurring theme if we're talking about R&DC. Yeah. So that'll, that'll definitely come up because Booze Bunny will be back. He's yep. been in a bag all year. So he's going to come out of his bag and put on his tuxedo and come back, come back to work. So the, the, the reason you had to change some of the awards because there's a voting component for the public, correct? Yeah, there's, the voting is three parts. Uh, 30, 33% is the public. 33% is the expert um, media panel that we select. And then 34% is Nick Rinks. So largely, I let um, the expert panel and the public pick. And if I need to kind of come in and play tiebreaker, then I come in. Are the is the voting close on a lot on a lot of these? Um, there are some that are so voting's all done. I yep. have the results. Okay. There are some that are huge winners, like way far and beyond. Okay, and there's some that are a couple points. Oh. Okay, so I'll be selecting a couple. Cool. Yeah. All right. So the award show is Sunday. Sunday. Uh, that is the eighth. It is at oh, the Detroit Shipping Company. Uh-huh. It starts at six o'clock. You can mingle. Tickets are only twenty bucks. That gets you two free drinks and snacks. Uh, we actually are taking over the coffee bar that's upstairs, and we're going to have a hot toddy and boozy ice cream station up there with one of our sponsors. Uh, that's actually going to be J.P. Weiser's and um, uh, 
Br- br- oh, crap. <laughs> wow. Wow. Can we edit this out? Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> this is like the Rick Perry thing. There's five, th- five uh, things I'd, I'd get rid Bekarovka. of. Bekarovka. Bekarovka. Okay. Yeah. So they'll have that. Um, then there'll be a dedicated <clears throat> bar upstairs, but you can also go downstairs and use their bar. You can get more food if you're still hungry. Uh, there's that little private room that you, I don't know if you've seen that in Detroit Shipping Company. That'll be our production space. So there's like windows that overlook everything. We'll have all the camera gear up. So that'll be pretty cool. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Great. Yeah. All right. So, so now let's sh- go ahead. Well, before we get on, I want to. I just want to talk really quick. So I posted something today. Today's oh, yeah. the first day of that. You know, the giving giving Tuesday. Tuesday, right? Yep, it is giving Tuesday. And so I started doing this last year, and I feel this is really important. Um, I, I use Reese, I use uh, Talk, and I use Open Table. I know a lot of restaurants are you know kind of against the Open Table concept and whatnot because of how much it costs and whatnot. But one thing that Open Table does that I'm really happy with, and I'm happy to do is that they allow uh, its consumers uh, or its clients or whatever, you know, the, the, the folks like me using it to be able to donate their points hmm. uh, to go to No Kid Hungry. And so for every hundred points that you donate, it goes uh, and they're going to match it. So from now, uh, December 3rd until December 16th, up to 250,000 points, Open Table will match that. Per person or total? Total. total okay. Yeah, so total. So, uh, so for example, I donated uh, 4,800 points today. Damn. And that gave, that's the equivalent of about 250 meals. Wow. And nice. so uh, I put through that across our platform. So, you know, if you go to Hunger Dude's Instagram, it's on there. Uh, I did it on uh, my personal Twitter, my personal Facebook. And uh, within a minute of that, I was really happy to see somebody else did that too. So I did. I found out about it last year. I did it last year. Um, you know, you can take your open table points and get your own gift certificate, or you can, you know, send it off to No Kid Hungry. And that's. I, I just think it's such a worthy sponsor. I think every kid in America needs to have a meal. Right. Well, I got twenty nine hundred coming your way. So the way you do it is you go to your open table. You go to open table. Okay, I'm here. And uh, there's a button for donate. Uh, so you'll see. You might have to go to the web platform instead of the app. Got it. Okay. And there'll be a button for donate, and then you have a slider bar that you can donate, uh, you know, 100 points, mm-hmm. or you can donate. So I just, I had 4,800. That was the max I had. So I just donated all my points. Nice. And, great. and then I think technically, for those that are counting, I think there is a, you can get a tax receipt if you wanted to, mm-hmm. if you had like, you know, hundreds of thousands of points or something like that or whatever. But because there, there's a dollar value. Oh, they, associated with the points that they associate with the points and they spell that out on the website um so anybody that's listening that you want to help out no kid hungry very very worthy cause i think good donate your open table points great <laughs> all right amy now on to you what up all right so um we met uh, i've known you for years we met at, at wayne state um while you're in doing your graduate work yeah did we yeah I mean, I know it was like 2010, but I thought you had left by that time. Uh, no. I, I, was, I thought we met through Hungry Dudes in the early Twitter, like early, early iterations. Did we? I think so. Oh, and I then, met, and then you had told me that you were at Wayne State. I thought, I thought we met at Wayne State. No, actually, we'd never seen each Holy other shit. at Wayne. Yeah. I was, uh, my, 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 uh, my memory is totally. <laughs> you had created yeah. yeah isn't it interesting how we can create memories wow. yeah no we you had left the program very shortly before i entered it and oh, then shit. you yeah. were doing hungry dudes um 
2010 yeah. maybe and yeah. I was on Twitter well, you know all of like 10 people that were on Twitter back then it was like <laughs> me you and eight other people Henry um, Balanon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave. Yep. Dave Benjamin. Dave Benjamin. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, you know, like the 10 of us were <laughs> tweeting at each other and you guys had meetups and stuff. And I don't remember. Wow. I, I think I came to one and that's how we met. Well, you, tra- See, and you trained. I trained with you for a minute. Too. Yes. I, yeah. I used to come to your house. Yeah. And train you. Yeah. See, it makes sense because she was getting her doctorate and you were blogging. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that's unfair. <laughs> um, okay. So you do your work at Wayne State, but you also have this side of you that just is really heavily interested in fitness. Yeah. Wellness, I love to move. Moving. Um, I like to move. No. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, no. So opening the studio was a dream of yours. Uh, I, it was a dream. I didn't know it was a dream. Uh-huh. Actually, it's in, you know, people sort of have asked me this question and I usually respond by saying not until somebody said, Hey, you should do this. I was like, Oh, well, all right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted, I guess it was always a dream for me to have a space that was protected from the fitness industry as a whole, because I think the fitness industry is corrupt and bullshit. And so I always just sort of wanted to rescue people like me who were just tired of the pressure and just wanted to work out and didn't want people telling them what the fuck to eat and, you know, or weighing them in some challenge. And it was difficult to find that in the mainstream. So I always wanted to carve a space, but it was never something that I thought I would actually do. Until somebody was like, you should do it. Well, so let's roll back a second and talk about this whole idea that the fitness industry is corrupt and bullshit. So what do you mean? Is Peloton ever going to sponsor us now? (laughs) It's so funny you say that because I just had to do my biannual statement on how I do not hate Peloton. (laughs) Do you see that? Did you just see MSNBC? Maybe, I don't know, online, there was this whole backlash against the Peloton Christmas ad out there right now. because. Because the the uh, the actress that's in the ad who's like getting this Peloton is she's like, oh my god, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is how can I sit on a stationary bike? And she's like super incredibly fit. Well, can I just say though? Pause for a second on that. So anybody, right? Anybody that's familiar with this ad and the actress that they're referring to, and yes, people put actresses in their ads, and that's one of the issues I have with the fitness industry. Um, I just did a commercial for my studio, and we had all people who actually work out there in in there uh, in all their glory. And so, uh, what's interesting about the that woman looking fit? is that the assumption is that thin equals fit. And that is a wrong assumption. Um, and so I understand why people want to critique it because they want, you know, sort of like, quote unquote, real people to be represented in fitness ads. And I'm not against that. However, we need to to carve out a little bit of space for this assumption of what fit looks like. I have known a lot of thin people in my life who are incredibly unhealthy and unfit. Like if you ask them to walk up a flight of stairs, they'd be like, fuck, I'm taking the elevator. Are you kidding me? Because they would be winded. And so it really, you're, you can't see hearts and lungs, right? You right. can't see cardiovascular system. It doesn't have, you know, a visible capacity. So the woman on that bike may very well be wanting to get fit and i when i first saw that ad i didn't even think twice about her size i thought like she's just way too overselling a peloton (laughs) like she was her she was way too excited i'm like it is not like that like 
And also, I think somewhere in the ad, she claims that she's doing it like every day. And I'm like, you should not be doing one thing every day like that. That's actually unhealthy, repetitive stress, et cetera, et cetera, personal trainer. (laughs) So, you know, I had issues with the ad, but it had nothing to do with her size. Hmm. So that's sort of the core of why the fitness industry is fucked. I think she's toned, though. I think if you look at her, she's not just like a skinny person. I think she's toned. I think that I think. She I didn't does. look that hard. You, you were looking hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's all right. All right. You know, but it, it's just funny. It's just like, I don't know. She's, she's, she's the way that the ad portrays, like, like, all right, she's a mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's something there, right? right. She's a mom. Uh, she's a working person. I mean, and then to look at the stationary bike and be like, oh, I don't know if I could wake up at like six o'clock in the morning and do this bike. It's just like, like, uh, who are you? Well, I mean, who are you fooling? Like, this person obviously has <laughs> overcome several different kinds of hardships or challenges or whatever life has thrown at her. And, and I just think that they, they could have put somebody else who, uh, maybe, Look a little bit more like me or something like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I a little bit more realistic. Like, oh, okay. Uh, the thing is, but I, I know people yeah. who look like you are fit as fuck. <laughs> I and I really do, you know, and like soup and like I guess if we want to talk about like committed, I don't think commitment has a look, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think lifestyle has a a fit, you know, a commitment profile. I can un- I respect sort of like what you're putting forward there, but. I've just known too many people in my life who are all different shapes and sizes, ages, circumstances, children, now children, caring for family members. Like they, all of those classifications are people who can be fit. And, sure. And no, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Right. And she can afford it. So. Well, I was going to say the other too. part of it too is that if like, you're privileged enough to be able to afford it, mm-hmm. like there is right. usually a space you can carve out at 6 a.m. Yeah. I think right. you know, to and work out. It's probably sure. you, you probably have a, she has a space right next to her Tesla garage <laughs> that she can put her <laughs> right or picture window. There, there's also something about like fitness as a lifestyle, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think that can kind of go two different ways. There's kind of one that like you do it every day and you do a variety of things and you're out and about, or you're you're doing it for a look. Mm-hmm. And having worked with Peloton secondhand, I know that there's definitely a look that they go after to kind of show off the brand. And, you know, looking at someone like me, I have a fitness membership, but I don't use it mm-hmm. because, you know, hey, I'm fit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I I don't I, I don't disrespect the the effort that Peloton makes to to sort of like put these these fitness models as their instructors who I think are also from what I've seen, I've never used a Peloton, but I have friends who have them and I've seen the videos like from what I can tell it's sound fitness. Mm -hmm. Like they're leading good group fitness classes, even though you're not in a group. Um, So, but, but they're not the only people who are really good at doing that. And they're not the only people who can do those things. It's just that Peloton has chosen to select people that are aspirational, but, I take issue with what is aspirational and I don't have any issue with aesthetic goals. I think that if we start to police how people want their bodies to look, that gets into really muddy territory. You have the right to carve your body in any way that you want to in any way you see fit. But um, if we're thinking about what is beneficial and what is damaging, most people do not have the capacity in their lives. If we're talking about busy life, things you have to wrestle with to really sit down and deal with the fact that I can be just as fit as that dude or that chick and or that person in front of me 
and I don't have to have the same body fat percentage that they do. And oftentimes, and I say this in my capacity as a fitness trainer, somebody who's worked with people for 10 years, people give up when they start to see that that might not be possible. And they're giving up on so many other great things that they're getting the benefit from. So the reason why body positivity in this this sort of like rebellious segment of the industry pushes against things like Peloton models is that we don't want to sell people on the idea that fitness equals that. You may want to to lose body fat, lose weight, be cut, you know, be shredded. That's entirely different than being fit. It just is. It, it's an, it, it requires different work. It requires different sets of knowledge and skills about your body and about food and nutrition and movement. But you could be fit independent of that. And that's what gets lost in the conversation. What What is a sound definition of being fit? Is there one? Um, I, if I had to just give one, you know, given my experience and credentials in the industry, I would say that fitness is a a low resting heart rate, you know, like below 80, Mm -hmm. 80 is about the average resting heart rate. So, you know, if you're just, if we're chilling here right now and I look at my Fitbit, my Fitbit's probably going to read like 54, 55, because that's my average resting heart rate. And that indicates good resting for your heart, right? So we have that cardiovascular blood pressure, normal blood pressure, or, you know, a little bit less than the 120 over 80, Mm -hmm. um, decent cholesterol levels. So you want to have high HDL, which is the good cholesterol. I I know this by the H stands for happy, right? (laughs) And lower LDL. These things are protecting you from heart disease, from things like strokes and heart attacks. So that is, that's fitness, that's health, that's where you want to be. Um, glucose levels, you want them to be, uh, if you were getting your fasting glucose tested, you know, somewhere in the 70 range, 70 to 80, or wherever your doctor tells you is normal, because that's a risk for diabetes. And so if we're thinking about chronic illnesses that are largely preventable, that if you don't have them, if you avoid them, your quality of life is better. If you have a resting heart rate of 55, chances are you could walk for a long distance, ride a bike for a long distance, go up and down flight of stairs and not get winded, right? Those are the cardiovascular ones. Then there's muscular health, right? We want we want to be strong. We want strong joints, strong muscles so that as we age, for the most part, we can take care of ourselves barring any, you know, thing that was pre- that's not preventable. So that's that's fitness, Fitness is, can you squat down and pick up a laundry basket properly? Do you have enough strength to not lift with your back, you know, to lift with your legs? Um, Can you, people like this thing, they say, uh, I want to be able to play with my grandkids. You know, I want to be able to pick them up and put them on my shoulders and run around the playground. What When it comes down to it, that's fitness. Like, that's enjoying your life and not feeling like you are inside of your body and your body is attacking you. Every step of the way. I, I saw Nick do a very scientific uh, test over there of his resting heart rate. Uh, <laughs> it was under 80. Under 80. There you go. 79. I was like seven, it was like 78. It was pretty close. <laughs> and also, if you're engaged in conversation and stuff like this, it might even be higher than if you were just chilling in your I appreciate bed, it. So. Thank yes. you. And, and there's also a, a phenomenon, was it called white coat stress, where, where you're at a doctor. Oh, 100%. And, and your heart rate goes up. So, so oftentimes, it'll be a misreading because mm-hmm. people get nervous at the doctor. Well, it's like being observed. It's like you can't. 
scientifically you can't uh, change you can't observe something without changing it you can't measure something without changing it uh-huh. so yeah that totally makes sense yes. yeah so I, I want to go um, back a second here mm-hmm. when you mentioned um, uh, blood glucose and, and so part of the reason uh, I went on a, a kind of a weight loss journey was because I, I was um, a couple years ago maybe three now um, I went to a doctor and uh, I was on Medicaid at the time because mm-hmm. I was uh, freelancing for the most part. So um, this, this is a two kind of a two two prong kind of story. So my blood my blood sugar level was high. So basically diabetic, right? Um, now coupling that with the fact that I was on Medicaid, which is um, quote unquote poor people insurance, mm-hmm. um, this doctor would not for a second believe that I tried to be active. I was exercising. I was not eating. She she told me at least three times that I should stop eating cake and drinking soda. I I don't do either on a regular. I don't drink soda at all. I haven't had soda. I don't. I just don't like it. I've um, also experienced this. So yes. yeah. And um and, and the cake thing. I just like. I don't eat. I don't eat cake. I eat cake. Yeah. I mean, you but, do work at a bakery. Well, right. I, I understand that. But but even at the time, I wasn't. I wasn't there in the same capacity I'm now. Right. Um. And then, so I, I stopped going to her. I was like, this, "Enough of this. This Smart. is not." Yep. And so I went to another doctor. Same thing happened. Still on Medicaid. Same thing happened. The immediate response was, "You need to take all of this medication. We're going to give you four different kinds of medication." And I said to myself, "Well, you know what? I'm just going to bust my ass. I'm going to work out." And I have the this is a privilege to that to saying that, and to to being able to t- look at look myself in the in the mirror and say, you know, "I have to fix this myself." Um, because the first with the drugs they wanted to give me, the first couple side effects were muscle fatigue, yeah, and, and an inability to um, be active, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's not what I want, right?" Mm. So um, at, at that point, I just started being more active. And so, um, if we can just go back to what changed, right? So, if we look at what you were doing or not doing prior to going to the doctors and getting that read on your blood work and what you did after, would you say the most significant change was movement, not diet? The, the most significant, well, it went, it was two tiered. It was the movement and I started eating less. Okay. But I didn't change. I have not at all change what, what I've been eating in, in, in any sense of the word. And that's the thing that the, the reason why I asked you that question is because I had a feeling that the, that the biggest impetus was fitness, mm-hmm. right? Well, the impetus was health, but yeah. the, the change that you made was fitness. And the, there's tons of longitudinal research. I wish I would have brought actual studies that I could direct people to, but you're welcome to hit me up on Twitter um, or Instagram at Dr. Underscore Ladwick if you want some of that information. I'd be happy to share it with you. Um, there, uh, Research demonstrates that fitness, specifically strength training, building lean muscle, is one of the biggest factors in combating uh, diabetes. You know, so like we know that type two diabetes can be essentially rolled back, right? In most people, if you are type two diabetic, it can change if lifestyle changes for most people, not everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease that's immovable, but it's, it's a scenario where when the muscles are, and this is, I'm just going to do like the crude science if we don't know it, right? When your muscles are, um, under stress when they're ripped and teared, you know, is what happens when you're working out. If you don't know this, when you are sore, that's your muscles having tiny little small tears that they're trying to repair. When that happens, they are eating glucose. 
they literally feed off of sugar to grow. And so if, for example, one of my favorite pre-workout snacks is a cake pop from Starbucks. Shout out Starbucks and your snowman cake pop. <laughs> Holiday. If you would like to replace our Peloton sponsorship. That yeah, would be right. Great. Yes. Uh, no problem. But a lot uh, in over the years, right, people are say like, oh, how can you how can you like promote eating candy before you work out? And I'm like, well, do you understand science? Because I you what do you think? What do you think is in pre-workout drinks? Sugar. Mm-hmm. In some form, because and there, there's also creatine and all this other BCAAs and things that are beneficial. But when it comes down to it, it's glucose and caffeine, because that's what your muscles need to regenerate and build. And so if you deprive yourself of sugar, your muscles are going to have a really tough time to build. And so with that being said, if you are using sugar, if your body is eating that up, it's not storing it as fat. It's not you know, your pancreas isn't stressed the fuck out because your muscles are like, give me all that glucose. And so if you think about the science of it, fitness is a key component, specifically strength training is a key component to utilizing glucose in the way that your body was kind of meant to do it for energy. It's an energy source. And so that's probably, and I'm assuming your blood work is different now. I haven't gone back to the doctor yet to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, my my weight so at my heaviest i was in not to say weight's the only gauge of uh fitness but at my heaviest i was 230 and i'm currently 172 um and i've i've lost another sign for me is i've lost uh i went down from a uh my waist was 30 i was 36 waist at the heaviest now i'm a 30 mm-hmm. um which i can so i'm basically your high end and that is the top <laughs> of like express the, so like you're like in oh, the really? you're in the husky kids side. Well, that's not. I mean, <laughs> that they do have thirty eight, but not on the rack the, there. Right, yeah, right. You got to so order. You have to like, hey, can you get the <laughs> right. fatty? Can you get right. Oh no. Yeah. Um. And again, not this. Not that that's a gauge of. It's my gauge, right? It's mm-hmm. it's how I and I and I was never a thirty. Wa- I was a thirty waist in like eighth grade. Yeah. So it's like it's pretty incredible to me. But you still had a beard. Right. Yeah. In eighth yeah. grade. Yes. <laughs> of course. Yes. Of course. You were born with one, Joe. <laughs> but I want to. I want to. Um. Th- this point you made about um, the glucose and, and uh, eating a cake pop before you work out. There, I, I went to a nutritionist at one point who advised me to stop working out because I was burning too many calories. Mm. Are you going to witch doctors, man? You're going well, to no, like no, people... This was, this was a nutri- like, it was a doctor. She said, she said to stop working out. Was same? it a doctor or was it a nutritionist? Yeah, witch doctor. Yeah. Uh, see? <laughs> I mean, no well, she, disrespect to my nutritionist family out there, but right. they know that it's a different they're they're held to different standards in their education than say a dietitian. Well, right. And, and so I, I don't know the answer to that, but okay. I do know that she was very uh, uh, quick to sell me supplements that she got a cut of. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, you know, Pyramid scheme. Well, right. Uh, yeah, it was like the hustle. Me- metagenics or something. I, I don't know. It was some some where you can only go to her part her website oh. like it was yeah you know and you think back and it's like holy shit like what was going on there too right. it's like oh it's like the basically the sympathized diet like drink a shake for right. breakfast a shake for lunch and have a sensible sensible dinner, dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all of this stuff like and so the reason you're the reason you're the real reason you're here is that you, you message me on facebook and you want to talk about the holidays we're in the middle midst of the holidays right yes holidays are a stressful fucking time mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of people Yelling from a lot of different directions, um, you know, like be healthy, uh, don't overindulge, don't do this, don't do that. Use uh, cauliflower, mashed cauliflower instead of mashed potatoes. It's not yeah. a thing. 
It does doesn't taste as good. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it is a thing, but maybe butter it doesn't salt. taste good. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, what? Butter and salt, cream? No, no it doesn't. It no? still oh, tastes I, like cauliflower. It does, but I mean, it's got less carbs. I mean, it, can I is, can I just say that what it really comes down to is the number the number one rule is don't don't eat like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, like it, it's if you don't eat like an asshole and you find a movement that you really enjoy, not that feels like punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I think so eating like an asshole isn't really necessarily about a food or a type of food. It's about your behavior around food. And a lot of times we um, when we're depriving ourselves of something, that thing becomes the most alluring thing in the world. I mean, we know this in all aspects of human culture, right? Just look at certain segments of society, right? When you say, no, no, don't do that. It's morally bad. Well, what do people end up doing? Well, I say yes or no because I've deprived myself of fast food like McDonald's for mm-hmm. years, and I just don't give a shit. You, I don't. But I don't have you ever... deprived yourself, or have you made a conscious decision of this is not a thing that I mm, want in my life anymore? It's the same thing. I no, see. I disagree. You don't think thing. so? No, I, I deprived myself. Of it. Do you want it? Do you crave it? Uh, not now, okay. but every yeah. now and again, like I pass. You, if I smell French fries McDonald's, it's like yeah, then I want it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to have it. So I only challenge you on that because I I also don't eat fast food. Well, I mean, I think that that the lines are you guys are foodies. So like, I feel like what's fast food is like a. It used to be a very clear line, and now McDonald's it's kind is of fast fuzzy. food. Wendy's is fast food. I did. I think I had like, is like Kadoba fast food. Kadoba fast casual. Is fast casual. We'll see, but it's still kind of BS food. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Five Guys fast food. Uh yeah, kind of. <laughs> so like, yeah. and this is so, this but that's is her, a good that's a good question. Point. Yeah, you know, this I is mean, her point. The, the only good the only so the reason I asked that or bring that up is that I also stopped eating fast food consciously at a certain point in my life, and it had been since this year, like maybe like nine years since I had like fast food. And I'm using scare quotes, but I. I made that choice because that food made me feel like shit mm-hmm. when I ate it. Yeah, and well, I sure. I also just because it because it's like salty and delicious, it made me want to eat more of it. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped doing it, but I wasn't depriving myself because I I substituted the love of that with other things that had the same satisfaction. So I was still giving myself a satisfaction of of consuming something that was salty and good. I just learned how to make stuff. That was made of different ingredients and that I didn't eat as much of. Yeah, that's fair. I, so, I, you know, it, depriving yeah. is more <laughs> like people who say, I'm not going to eat sugar for 30 days, knowing full well that they enjoy mm-hmm. a cookie. And if you if you take joy out of your life. Oh, it's Marie Kondo in here. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> you know, if you if you take joy out of your life, you are you're assigning a moral value to the, mm-hmm. the food instead of taking a look at your behavior around the food. Like my favorite thing to tell people when I work with them is who gives a fuck about a donut? Like it's just a donut. It didn't, it's not, it's not going to kill you. It didn't hurt. It didn't trip your dog. It's not, it, it's just a donut. And, but people like put so much moral value around this fucking donut. It's like, Cut it in half and eat it <laughs> or eat the whole fucking thing. And then like go in my fitness pal and put it in there and be like, all right. So if I'm my goal is to eat 170 grams of carbs today, well, that was 48 of them. Right. Cool. 
moving on. And the problem is that people can't fucking move on. Like if you give the donut a moral quality, you are now a bad person for eating it. And that is going to make you feel worse. And it's just going to spiral. And this is not just me pontificating or imagining like this is actually what happens to people. And, yeah. and it's the diet industry. It wants you to be in a constant state of feeling like shit because it never makes any money unless you come up and then you go back down because then you're going to come up again and then you're going to go back down. If the diet industry actually just taught people about nutritional value and what their body does with macronutrients, it would never make any money because you wouldn't be shamed. It exists on shame. It's so, marketing in general. It's true. true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's the, true. I just happen to be focused on this aspect. That's this Peloton. Right? <laughs> Circles all back. But, but it it's goes. but it's also the ho- the holidays too because you're it's looking worse. you're looking yeah. at the, you know that that table of of cookies and and pies and you're thinking oh I can just have one piece of one thing but I want all of it. But also all right. So correct me if I'm wrong, but like when you get and this could be a total mental thing. As it gets colder, don't you kind of get into this like borderline hibernation mode where you kind of want a little more heat and a little more body mass to kind of stave off the winter? Is it the the you meaning the like the biological desire? Well, that just could be me. Oh, I'm just trying to justify that pie I just ate. <laughs> I think I think there's a couple factors. The number one factor, if we're just thinking about being in Michigan and you guys know food, like what is offered to you. Right. If you go to a nice restaurant that uh, makes seasonal cuisine, right, what is offered to you in the season? And it, and it changes. It's starchy, meaty. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It changes based on. So culturally, we have designed our eating habits around weather because, I mean, I don't know about other people. I have a, I have a small house and I only bake in the winter because in the summer, if I bake, my house is going to be 100 degrees and I'm going to run out screaming. And so because the oven will heat the whole house. And so there's a lot of factors that go into why we we gravitate to these have quote unquote heavier foods in the wintertime. But it doesn't necessarily have to equal I'm going to gain a layer, mm. you know, of, of warmth around my midsection. Um, it just means that these are the types of foods that are in front of us. And we have a tendency to want to indulge in them more. I think the winter means that we move less because you know, who's going outside and walking their dog at 8 o'clock at night when they get home from work? Nobody I know unless they're like super dedicated to getting their dog moving so it doesn't eat the couch. Don't mind getting murdered. Well, I mean, it's just it's 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 dark. Um, there's seasonal depression, which is a very real thing, seasonal mm-hmm. affective disorder that people struggle with. All of this are all of these things are reasons why the key thing is to forgive oneself and to just be okay if things are fluctuating for you if that's your natural pattern ask yourself what are the markers of health that matter to me right am i winded am i do i feel unhealthy do i feel heavy do i not feel like myself when i eat dinner that I make for myself do i not feel good afterwards and if that's the case then start to assess one thing at a time mm-hmm. Right. So in my my thing right now in my life, if I could be transparent, is that my husband and I have lived an incredibly difficult life for the last two or three years. He was working full time and was in school full time, earning a master's degree. I was working full time and opening a business and then running a business that I am the sole owner of. I have no no staff other than instructors who teach classes. And so a lot of times when we would come home at the end of like 14 hour days, it was a fucking pizza. Mm-hmm. 
And if I have logged 15,000 steps and have taught two spin classes, I'm eating a whole fucking pizza, like legit the entire thing. What kind of pizza? So my favorite pizza ever is from Passport, and it's called the Healthy Heartland. Passport. And if they, I There's ask a them. Passport downtown. Or, I don't know where. So it's good. <laughs> if you ask Healthy them to burn man. the pizza that has like all of the vegetables on it, so it's not wet and like very little sauce, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, I got. I got to give a shout out to it's my so to good. my friends. They're not my friends. I don't know any of them, but Green Lantern. <laughs> oh yeah, Green Lantern. Uh, and they're opening up where Silla's was at, and now it's like so much closer. And Green Lantern is is amazing, and it's a very special time in my house if we order Green Lantern because like the cheese bread is uh, legitimately. Like I look at it as a as a person who cares about nutrition, and I'm also not too high on cheese, to be honest with you. Like cheese is, doesn't jazz me like it jazzes a lot of people. I'm gonna go home, but <laughs> I'm sorry, but I will throw down for Green Lantern's oh, yeah. cheese bread. So shout out to Green Lantern oh gosh, yeah. when you show up at my door. Uh, that means it has been a very long week. Uh, no, I had like Green Lantern like twice in a row recently, like like two days in a row. Almost. Like 30 days? Well, 40 my, days? What did he say? My kid turned five and it was like, what are we going to have? So I think I talked about this in the show before we had uh, White Wolf uh, did uh, pastries mm, for uh, me. Yeah, so yeah. I did like 50 cupcakes and a special cake from White Wolf. And yeah. then uh, we got Green Lantern. And yeah. then, so all, all the, the parents, yeah. all the parents that were there were like, oh, this is fantastic and i'm like so good green lantern pizza and white wolf pastry so so okay just no you're fine but i was just gonna say the thing about it is that that's my stress food and and i'm not i'm i'm sitting here as a personal trainer and somebody who is you know i'm very fit and i eat stress food sometimes and you know what I do? I wake up the next day and I just move on with my life because it happened and it felt good and fuck it what's your stress food I don't have a stress food. It's See, not everybody uh, does. Um, but, I, but I do have – so I, I want to bring up a point that's kind of – I think goes hand-in-hand. Hand. The Rock, who has a uh, – he's very active on Instagram. He, like well, Dwayne? Once a week, Dwayne yeah. The Rock okay. Johnson, yeah. yeah. Um, will will, uh, will post his cheat meal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And his cheat <laughs> meals, like like two or three pints of ice cream, four, four cookies that are the size of a plate, um, a, a, a whole pizza, and some sushi. Like, that's one cheat meal, right? He's a large man. Yeah. He is. He's probably I, got like 3,000 calories. Yeah, he's very like, efficient. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not, but here, here's the thing. Um, he always t- – enjoy your cheat meals, friends. That's, that's, that's how he signs off on the – and the, that's not fair. Like, to me, I mean, look, 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 looking, looking at what he eats and saying, like, oh, you know. But look how hard he works, with, like, the other days. I, and I understand, but the idea of a cheat meal is Mark something Mark Wahlberg, that, I'm sure, has a cheat meal, but he wakes up at, like, 3 o'clock in the but, morning but what, every but, day. But, to go, but does, does the, this hamburger. Goes to bed at, goes the, to bed at the, the Rock has 100 million Instagram followers. Right. How many people understand what a cheat meal is in the terms of what The, the Rock understands a cheat meal? So I, I agree with you. I think that there is some... I don't know if it, it's Dwayne Johnson's responsibility to educate the masses about, you know, their nutrition and their fitness. I think along with his cheat meals, he also shows people, much to your point, that he's in the gym at 5 a.m. every day working really hard. He, But but the, the thing that people I want people to do, and if you're listening to this and you have an Instagram account and you are following a lot of fitness models and fitness professionals and actors and et cetera, I just want you to remember that this is their job. So, Joe, you and I are huge pro wrestling fans, yep. right? I, I'm sure you follow a lot of pro wrestlers yep. on Instagram, as I do. Sometimes, even for me as somebody that I consider to be pretty guarded as far as like what is what my life is versus what other people's lives are, 
I will still find myself feeling like I want to, for example, Jordan Grace in, in TNA. She is, I, I just, I love her. I, you know, I think her body is incredible. I think her strength is incredible. And I really wish that I, my entire job was to work out. I do. I, cause I would live that. I would do that job in a minute. I'd quit teaching in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. And I don't have the hours to dedicate to working out as much as she does to build like she has. I do. I work out every day in different capacities, but I don't have enough hours in the day to devote to the nutrition, to the supplements, to the amount of hours that it takes. And so I would ask people, when you see Dwayne Johnson and his cookies the size of plates and his three pints of ice cream, understand, number one, the bigger you are, the more uh, energy it takes to keep you alive. So Dwayne Johnson is large and the most of his mass is muscle, which means that it's burning far more at rest than it would be if his mass were otherwise. And number two, his job is to look the way that he does. He would not be in movies. He would not be famous if he did not look like a superhero. And so he wakes up every day and he goes to the gym because it's his job. You wake up every day and you go to work because it's your job. It's his. Yeah, but he he also, I mean, in in his defense as well too, he also has that mentality from way before he was famous of the fitness and the working out. I mean, I I remember uh, hearing the story about when the NFL was uh, coming around and trying to, you know, the scouts were trying to uh, talk to him and whatnot, and he had a meeting, and he was late to the meeting, and they were like, "Well, where's he at?" And they called him, and he's like, "I, I this is my gym time." He's like, "I'm not." I can't, I'm not coming home right now because I have to have my gym time. And that's for him in college and, or it's that was true, in high but school. But he also comes from a family of yeah, know, wrestlers. wrestlers. Yeah. So, so like he did come up and, and I guess the reason why I bring that up is not to, not to suggest that he doesn't have discipline because I think he, he, much like John Cena, who doesn't have a famous background, uh, you know, of family, mm. like they have that discipline and I think they would have it whether they were famous or not, you know, and a lot of, and, and so we can have it. But the, I think that the difference is, is that can we all carve out as much time as, as these people can, or do we have the resources to, to work out in the way that they do? Um, so for example, like Will Smith, when he, when he's on movies, like he has an entire trailer that is a gym that comes with him. Right. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of access and privilege that allows people to even, even continue to be inspired. Um, and we like to believe that all of those things are internal locuses of control. Um, but a lot of times socioeconomic factors and other things do harm our ability to stay inspired and stay consistent. Um, and to, to constantly navigate all of the different things that prevent us from, um, always being dedicated, whether it's to fitness or anything else. Like the, these things are very real. And I, and I guess my motto is always, Give yourself or, you know, give yourself permission or forgive yourself for things that you think you should be doing um, and instead just do what you can do and, and, and do that as much as possible. I mean, and that, well, that that goes a lot into our like obligation driven culture, right. right? Especially this time of year, because now we're, we're in the you know middle of holidays and there's this tendency to have to see everybody even or attend the events office events social events yeah Mm -hmm. you know go hang out with your your toxic racist uncle who you know doesn't really provide any type of like 
positivity into one's life. Um, so th- there's this tendency to, you know, well, I have to do this. But I-, I think what you're saying is you don't really have to do anything. No, and it doesn't have to look like the other person. You know, um, my my fitness doesn't look like your fitness, doesn't look like her fitness. It's it's different. Um, and you can have a different goal, too. So at, a, at one of the gyms I go to where I lift, I have a coach and I lift on a program with this person. Um, they're, they are encouraging everyone at this gym to to have a goal, right, for the holiday season. And they approach me and they're like, what's your goal? And I'm like, well, I don't have one. But I show up every single day. I show up every single day. I'm always there. I'm probably one of the most consistent people. Maybe your goal is to show up. I, but I don't even, I guess I, I don't even goal. need to. It's just I do it because I fucking love being strong. Like I love being fit and I want to increase my strength and get stronger and do as much as I can. And sounds, I've been through a lot of shit. Sounds that like has, your goal is to increase your strength. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it it is, but like they wanted it to be, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And you know, I appreciate like, this. I'm just saying like, I mean, there's, he sounds like my therapist. Right? A, we all have, Amy, it sounds like we all have markers. We all have markers. We all have, I, I don't, I, I changed my, thing i don't believe in resolutions right i don't think like i don't i don't need to wait till january 1st to do anything right i don't need to wait till monday to do anything i'd start i can start right now and do that so i that's something i got rid of like i don't think that i think that people that do that are a little misguided when they say oh i gotta wait till january for no you're you're wasting time start right now (laughs) but i i do think everyone has goals even if it's subliminal goals that we're working on in the back of our head. What about what about this goal this <laughs> totally arbitrary like the decades ending. It's not though. But but whatever like oh no 2020 is coming. What are you going to do differently? That's not Fuck, a goal. Man. That's not a goal though. No no but it's like the, but what you're saying is you don't have to wait until right. January to do it. You don't have to wait until this arbitrary time shift right. happens like what, can I shit. can I share one thing though for anyone out there who might feel like I do where you don't have a goal or you don't maybe you don't want a goal and not to not to make anybody feel like shit but um I had goals before I was diagnosed with MS I was a triathlete and I had goals of being competitive and my multiple sclerosis like literally took that from me. I can't run longer than three miles or I, my legs go completely numb. It's just I just can't do it. And I'm OK with saying can't because that's the reality of my life. And then I had goals after that. Um, and then I busted my left hip like I completely three quarters tore my labrum and had to have hip surgery. And then I had to recover from that. And so I don't like to set goals because every time I did life came and fucked it like it just said it just said you know what amy you want to do something cool fuck you <laughs> we're going to give you yet another thing that's going to prevent you from doing something that that's measurable so you're right that i have a goal of being stronger but it i don't like to measure it so like i don't have a goal of like i want to bench you know 150 or whatever i just want to show up every day and do my best and try to make sure that i stay as strong as possible for me to stay ahead of the things that are against me and so i think so many people out there have similar things that have happened but they're afraid to talk about it because it's tough it's tough to say i tried and something stood in my way or i tried and i failed like it's difficult and so i I guess i want people to be seen you know and know that like you can show up to the gym and be consistent and just move in some way and you don't have to have a goal like just 
People make fun of the people at Planet Fitness who go and walk on the treadmills. It's a big joke <clears throat> in the fitness industry. I, I make fun of people at Planet Fitness that stand around and talk to other people. <laughs> well, I'm, and, and right. it could be... Because that's... I mean... Maybe they're working out. I guess I don't... Do they work out. there? No. I, oh. when, back in the day when I used to go to Planet Fitness, there was I, I, I always saw these like this couple... And it looked like they were like secret lovers that are like just like oh we're gonna meet up at Planet Fitness and just talk and hang out and so what if they were go, go back? I mean, right? I mean, that sounds beautiful. That's just a waste of ten dollars. But I mean, maybe they were on the buddy membership. Yeah. One of them. Oh, I, you know. But yeah. I guess the thing is like I don't you know that there's a saying that goes around a lot today of like you don't know somebody's story right you don't know what they're going through and it took me a long time in my life to to fully like buy into that too because i've been an asshole for a long time and i think a lot of us have that capacity in us for for judgment and and i don't whatever like don't ever drive with me because i'm still an asshole <laughs> but so i will judge i will judge a motherfucker like there is no we tomorrow. started this whole conversation with like don't be an asshole but i'm just saying i'm just saying like but it's okay like if you are and you feel that way there are factors that are pressing against you that are pushing you into this mindset and like that's not some cosmic woohoo shit it's just that it's very difficult to number one be in your lane because this world doesn't want us to just be in our own lane it doesn't want us to just look at our own fucking plate at the holiday dinner it doesn't want us to just be doing our squats at planet fitness and not worried about the guy in the corner who's talking. like talking <laughs> and has got one dumbbell in his right hand and he's just curling and he's talking on the phone with the other like we we are just naturally very concerned about what other people are doing and i just kind of feel like if we all for a second just stayed in our own lane if it makes you feel better, Nick, I don't give a shit about what you're doing. <laughs> Just you, so you know. You keep curling that one dumbbell. <laughs> I don't care at all. No, you make, I mean, it's, no. a, it's a good point. It's like saying, like, <clears throat> it's like focus on yourself. There, there's always someone better than you, always someone that has more, always someone that can do something you can't. You make yourself better. But failure is super important for people. People have to. Well, right, but they, don't, they can't compare adversity. themselves. They, they're not going to be a rock. No, you can't compare yourself to something like that that you have to know your limits you have exactly. to know, know your yourself ceiling. exactly yeah. that's what yeah you have to have that but i also think that there's value in in seeing other people's story and listening to other people's story i mean i got so inspired listen i i got the audiobook for david goggins book and if anyone has uh the the book out there listen to it can't hurt me i mean he the stuff that he went through is just absolutely incredible and who is it david goggins he's a ex-navy seal okay. um went through seal training three times had an incredibly terrible childhood uh, ended up with a hole in his heart that uh, uh, now he's an ultra marathon runner and and whatnot and motivational type person. It's in- interesting. He has zero. He has two point two million followers on Instagram and he follows zero, <laughs> he like because he doesn't have time for. That. I mean, it's so because it, he know he's focusing like, on himself. Well, it, sounds like John Moxley. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's so I, I I take things from people mm-hmm. that I want to take and I leave things that I don't really want. You know, like I'm never going to run a marathon. I know that. I don't give a shit about marathons. I'm not going to be in, which means I'll never do an ultra marathon. Um, do you but. think that? Um, so, do you think that if you, for example, in in the multiple sclerosis community, there's something that we talk about called inspiration porn, and it is when the National MS Society or other organizations will find like that story, right? That mm-hmm. person with MS who who has <laughs> overcome all odds, and they did the. The Ironman Triathlon at Kona, you know, which is like the peak of, of that sport. And the, I, you know, number one, 
amazing. Good for you. But number two, what are we supposed to feel, those of us that have the disease, right? If, if we choose not to do that, if we choose to be average, because I, that's I think, okay, well, right? But, it, but do we feel like pushed down a little no, bit? I, that, I, I think that, that what that says is that you, we cannot be defined by things that are outside of our control. But that, and, and yes, and but the reason I use that specific example is because you have a person who has the same disease as you, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the things that are outside of your control ostensibly are the same as that person's. And even though you might be a person who knows very well that, that everybody's circumstances are different, right? Everybody is different. You might be uh, a trained athlete in other regards. You might be an educated person who says, that that circumstance that that person has is not my own. Yeah. But still you share something. Sure. That is being the focal point of their success, right? Is that they've done it despite this disease. And sometimes we worry, we meaning people in the community, that it sends the wrong message to everyone else, right? Why can't we just see the profile of the person who has the $10 Planet Fitness membership and gets up three days a week and goes to the gym? Uh, why can't we see that? We never get to see that. I know we should put those that person in a Pelton ad. I, we, I mean, like it would be fine, you know. It, it no, so, Nick, no. but honestly, aren't we full circle though? Because that's where we began talking about who gets featured, sure. in these ads. Yeah, it's and not so, a Pelton ad, right? I think that it's no. I mean, and, I mean, and I can't speak to to the MS community or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, my struggles have been my struggles, and I, the people that I, uh, you know cling to or, or you know have lifted me up but like i said i just i take little pieces from that and i leave leave the stuff i don't want and i just try to go around being a better person about it and uh i mean that's you know, great I, and though. that's what and i hope that i hope that the people that are real negative go away <laughs> you know and that we all up i mean and to go to to go back to the whole holiday thing right I don't want to shame anybody at holidays, right? But I also don't want to be the person that's sitting back and saying, you know what, it's really okay to stuff yourself until you, you throw up, right? It's not okay. There's a there's, there's a middle ground in between those two. Yeah. Things. yeah. There has is, to which be. Which is, I eat a lot in the holidays. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking throwing, love it. throwing up. Yeah, no, I know yeah. some, I know people that are like, I'm going to stuff myself until I can't eat no. anymore. I mean, I mean that, that seems detrimental. Well, yeah, making yourself. It throw sounds. Up. It sounds like there might be other <laughs> things at play there, right? That right. It aren't just I like really like food. You know? So, so go, and, and I, I want to talk about this idea of staying and staying in, you know, your lane for a second. I um have a tendency to, uh, at my gym, people say, "Oh, you look, you look like you've lost a lot of weight," which I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't return that compliment to anybody <laughs> because I don't notice. I, I go to my gym, I work out, I, I stay focused. Thanks. I do. Well, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. Just but, lie. I, no, I, I know. You, say, look yeah, gr- you look you great. Look great. I, but, but, I, but there's this tendency to be like, like my thought, my first thought when I, when people started telling me, was like, oh shit, I don't, I don't, I feel bad. I don't notice right. anything about anyone else. But I, don't it's like, I don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Well, no, I, I, and I don't yeah. anymore. Cause so, I was like, well, you know what? I'm working hard. I'm, they're noticing. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I'll say thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it's like, well, you know, if I notice someone down the road, I will. See, what I what I do, I for those who know me on the air, I had bariatric surgery in 2015, so I lost a lot of weight because of that. But I have had the trainer for two years, mm-hmm. uh, LeVar, who was on the show episode 93 or something like that yep. a while back. And so I just say thanks, and I say, hey, I work out with him three times a week. You know, you want some extra results, get, you know, maybe get a trainer, look into something else, 
There's know. a flip side to that coin, though, and and I if I if I could make a request for everybody, it is don't comment on people's bodies, mm-hmm. like at all. Like people lose weight for a number of different reasons, not all of which are healthy. And so, if somebody uh, you you don't know if somebody has a medical problem, you don't know if somebody has is is severely anxious and depressed and can't eat because their anxiety and depression is so bad that it's preventing them from doing that. That happened to me at one point in my life. It wasn't as severe as other people, but if. I had people telling me how great I looked at this point in my life, but I was the most miserable, sad, awful person at that time. I I was just not in a good place and I couldn't eat. I had no appetite because of that. And that's why I lost weight and I wasn't happy about it either because I had no energy to work out. Like I was, it was a bad place. So I just think that maybe if we tried to compliment other things about people or not assume that weight loss is a good thing because it isn't universally a good thing Mm -hmm. fitness again this goes back to what is fitness does it have a look it doesn't health does not have a look we want to believe so desperately that it does but it just doesn't and if we could just sort of think about asking people questions about their lives and what it is that they're doing and their habits, then we can go in, into to talking about bodies. If In my studio, uh, there is a rule. We don't comment on your body unless you start that conversation. I do not assume anything about you when you walk into my cycling studio. Nothing. Like I have people come in who say, oh, well, obviously I'm out of shape. Ha ha. I'm fat. And I'm like, I don't know that because I don't know you. I have no idea what you do or what you've done before you came in here. And I would never assume because that's just stupid. And so if somebody comes in and they start the conversation about their body and what they want, then that signals to me that this is a conversation that we can have. But I never start the conversation because that, that just makes no sense. Okay, so your studio is Rebel Cycle Studio. Where yes. is your studio? We are located inside the Detroit City Field House, which is on the east side on the corner of Mount Elliott and Lafayette. Um, it is run by DCFC, so uh-huh. any soccer fans out there, they are my Ooh. lovely landlords. Um, we are on the second floor in a renovated uh, hockey locker room. And, and do you have a website? We do, uh, rebelcyclestudio.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at rebelcyclestudio or find us on Facebook at rebelcyclestudio.detroit. And your personal uh, Instagram and Twitter once again? My personal Twitter is amy underscore danger. And my Instagram is at Dr. Underscore Latowick. Spell L A T A W I E C. Amy, thank you so much yeah, for being with absolutely. us. This is a great conversation. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Until next time, dine well, friends.